Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into part number three of the series entitled The Blood of Jesus. Today's subtitle is Supper for Two. We're going to talk about the power of the communion. And I can just about guarantee you, if you receive this word of the Lord, you will never see the Lord's table the same way again. There are so many benefits that the Lord Jesus has left us in his body and blood. And you need to know about those so that you may appropriate these blessings in your life. I know you're going to have a great time hearing this word. And I pray that God's riches and best will be yours. And don't forget, after you've heard the message today, to share it with a family member or friend. You can either have them to download it straight from our website at kingdomrock.org forward slash krradio.htm. There they can hear today's message and a whole lot more. Or they can even download and install the Kingdom Rock app to their mobile devices. You can become a friend on our Facebook page and just so much more. We'll be glad to hear from you. Don't forget also to send in your testimonies to tell us about the good things that Jesus is doing in your life. All right, without any further ado, here comes part three of the series entitled The Power of the Blood of Jesus, subtitled Supper for Two, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Uh, turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew 26, Matthew 26. And uh, we're going to read just a little bit of scripture here. We're going to start at verse 17 and go down to verse 19, then hop over to verse 26 and go down to verse 29. I'll be reading this to you out of the uh, King James Version of God's holy word. Amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you just stand with me for these opening scriptures today? I do feel that in my heart. So I want you to, if you would, if at all possible, if at all possible. Matthew 26, verse 17, 18, and 19. And then we'll go over to 26, 27, 28, 29. You can read the entire book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, when you get home, if you like. That's a good thing to do. And it reads like this. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare to prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Say, eat the Passover. And he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Make special note of that. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them and they made ready the Passover. Verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Verse 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until, the, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word today. 
uh, Lord, we just really just ask that you would just teach us, that you would feed us with, with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Great Holy Spirit, give us that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Move among us today. Move among your people. As the blood of Jesus is applied, as it is preached, we ask that you would just manifest your glory, that there be deliverance, signs, and wonders, and miracles. Cause it to ring out and to ring forth. Have your way in this place today and let no place, let no person leave this place unchanged in Jesus name. Don't let them leave bound, tormented, sick or lame because you, the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. We bless you today, Father, in Jesus mighty name. Let every heart say amen. amen. Thank you so much for standing with me. You may be seated. Thank you so, so, so much. And I appreciate you praying with me. Oh, this is such a heavy such a heavy word, such a weighty word. And I'm thankful that the Lord is blessing us uh, to bring it out today. On last week, we spoke from the subject of the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood. So we're going to continue in that same flow today. And we're going to subtitle this supper for two, supper for two or dinner for two, so to speak. But we're going to call it supper for two, the communion. Now, you notice here that um, the communion, the last or also called the Last Supper, uh, is called here. It is really it was taken or eaten during the celebration of the Passover. The Lord's Last Supper with the disciples was a Passover meal. Say Passover meal. This is tremendous. Because this has wonderful significance. It was a Passover meal. Now, let's turn over. You can keep your finger there if you like or put some sort of marker there in Matthew 26. And we're going to go to the Passover. We talked a little bit about this on last week. So we're going to minister just a little bit more on it today. And then we're going to go further on. Are you with me? So here, if you look at Exodus, the 12th chapter, we need to see... Um, What's going on in the Passover? Remember the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, or we call it the communion, took place during the celebration of the Passover. Remember the disciples asked the Lord, where will you or where do you want us to prepare the Passover for you to eat? So as the disciples, as the Lord Jesus and the disciples were sitting down at the Last Supper, they were celebrating the feast of Passover. This was a Passover meal. Hallelujah. You understand? This was a Passover meal. So what's the importance of the Passover? Well, let's look at that. Uh, Exodus, the 12th chapter. Of course, you can read the entire 12th chapter. Uh, but I, of course, will not go through the entire chapter. But it says this. We can... Uh, start verse 3. It says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth month, of, rather than tenth day of this month, they shall take to every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto him take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb your lamb shall be without blemish a male a male of the first year ye shall take it out of 
rather out from the sheep or from the goat. All right. Now, let me fast forward here. Let's go to verse six. And you shall keep it until the, the 14th day of the same month. And the whole con- and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the house wherein they shall eat it. Um, verse 8. And they shall eat the flesh in the night. All right. So as they're going through, God's telling them what to do with the body and the blood of the lamb here in Exodus the 12th chapter. Now, there are two lambs that we're going to look at today. And I pray that you can go with me and see the differences between the two. There is the lamb, the spotless lamb in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, that spotless lamb. And then there is in, we read here in the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, here is as the Lord Jesus gives of his body and gives of his blood. He actually becomes, um, or rather he is the fulfillment, Jesus in his body and blood. He has actually fulfilled the feast of Passover in himself. But let me back up. In Exodus 12, there there was a little lamb, spotless lamb. And then here in the New Testament, we have the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God. Okay? There are two lambs here. Remember John the Baptist, when he saw the Lord Jesus coming to be baptized, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who comes to take away the sins of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Are you hearing me? So what we see in actuality, and we're going to see this, is that the Lord Jesus replaces uh, the lamb that's there in Exodus, the 12th chapter. But here again, the Lord tells him in Exodus 12 what to do with, the, with that lamb there in the Old Testament. I pray you're hearing me. He told them, I want you to eat the flesh of the lamb, and I want you to take its blood and apply it. Uh, to the doors, to the side posts, and the top posts of the doors. Because destruction is going to come. Uh, the Lord said, I'm going to pass over. In other words, a destroyer is going to go through the land. Judgment is coming through the land. And when the destroyer comes through the land and he goes down the streets, and when he sees the sign of the blood, he will not enter in, but will indeed pass over the house. And so destruction will not come into your house when the blood is seen. As a matter of fact, let's look at that. Let's look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, here again, this is Exodus 12. Verse 12, are you there? The Lord says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token unto the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now this is wonderful. Look down verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in upon your houses to smite you. Look at verse 24. And ye shall observe this thing. 
for an ordinance to thee and thy sons forever. The Lord said, keep this. Let this be a continual celebration to remember what I did for you this night. He says, I want you to keep on doing this forever. You're going to tell your sons and they're going to tell their sons and their sons are going to tell their daughters. It's going to go all the way up through the generation. And so we see here in Exodus 12, it began and we see also hundreds of years later, hundreds of years later, maybe a thousand. So I'm not sure about the timeline, but at least a hundreds of years later, here's Jesus Christ. Now, now the lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world, who is now observing Passover with his disciples. Isn't that wonderful? So here again, the Lord said, the Lord told them what to do um, with the body and blood of the lamb. This was a symbol. God knew what he would do in the body of Jesus Christ. And he was telling them uh, what to do there uh, to be a sign or a symbol of that which was to come. And so eat the flesh of the lamb and apply the blood. Remember here in the Old Testament, the first lamb uh, the first lamb, his blood, the lamb of the first blood was applied on the house. But the lamb of God is not only applied on, but it's applied in because the Lord says, I want you to drink my blood. I want you to take it into you. So it is applied in the house. And remember, we are earthen vessels. We are houses. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So here again, the symbolism is very clear here. Eat the flesh of the lamb. We call that the communion. Eat the flesh of the lamb and apply his blood. What will happen? What will happen? The Lord will keep us from the destroyer that is going out through the land. The Lord said, I will judge the gods of this nation. He said, I will judge it. There will be a destroyer that will come through. He said, I will not allow the plagues that, that will smite the Egyptians. I will not allow that to come upon you and your households as long as you eat the flesh of the lamb and apply his blood. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful promise. And the Lord said, you will observe this. You call this the Passover. For tonight the Lord will pass over. Hallelujah. And as long as we receive the body and blood of the Lamb, destruction will pass over. Isn't that wonderful? That is so wonderful. Now there are a few things that I want you to see here. I'm going to slow it down just a little bit so that we can properly glean from this text. I want you to notice again how the Lord says here in Exodus 12, he says that uh, the lamb must be eaten. He says, eat all of it. The blood, of course, must be applied to the house, applied to the house. And when we partake of communion, we will be applying the blood to the house in the inside the house and outside the house. Are you hearing? And the Lord says, when I see the blood. When I see the blood. Now, here in the book of Exodus, there was a physical. You could see the blood there physically. You could see the red blood of the lamb as they dipped the, the hyssop into the blood. Uh, hyssop was like a, was a type of plant. And they dipped it like a paintbrush into the blood. And then they struck it on the side post of the door. So you could physically see. The Egyptians going by could physically see the blood that was applied. And that blood, because it was physical, protected them from physical things. Are you hearing? Physical blood protected their, their lives physically. The Lord didn't say anything about sin there in Exodus 12. 
He didn't say anything about healing of their bodies, the healing of their minds, healing of their souls. He said, I will keep you safe from harm in your house. Now, the blood of Jesus here, as it was shed on Calvary's cross, was also physical. Hallelujah. But it was also very much spiritual. Because the Lord says here, and we read it there in Matthew 26. He said, this is my blood. This is my blood which I give to you. Now, the disciples were looking right at him when he said, here's my body, here's my blood. They, had, they knew that he was talking symbolic here. Because Jesus did not take a knife and cut his flesh off, cut some, dig some flesh and say, here, take it. He knew that there was power in symbolism. So he said, take it, this is bread. This is my body, which is broken for you. Because now at this point, what happens here, this piece of bread that maybe had the value of worth of a penny, the Lord, when the Lord said, this is my body, now took that piece of bread up to a value of trillions and trillions of dollars, that one piece of bread, because he now said, this is my body. Shoo. This is my body. Now, here again, the disciples were not expecting to put that bread in their mouth and be, and be chewy like meat, like some steak. They knew that it was bread, but the Lord equated it with his body. So when they discerned that this was the body of the Lord, they could receive the benefits from it. By the same token, he said the same thing with his blood. He said, this is my blood. Now, they knew that this was grape juice. Are you hearing me? They knew that this was fruit of the vine. That they did not expect for this wine to turn into blood in their cup. They knew that the Lord was talking symbolism. Here, take this blood. This, take this cup. Drink all of it. Because this is the New Testament in my blood. Drink all of it. Hallelujah. Here again, the value of this cup. Now, just skyrocket skyrocketed skyrocketed up to trillions and trillions of dollars because now this is the blood or the life force of God that he's given unto them to partake of isn't that wonderful so the disciples knew they understood what the Passover was they understood what the Passover was all about and going into this celebration, they may not, they may not have believed or understood what Jesus was talking about, about being crucified, about dying and, and suffering. They may not have understood that in the third day rising from the dead. They may not have understood any of that. But they understood about Passover. They understood what happened to the Israelites on that night. How there was wailing. I mean, the Egyptians were crying out because there was someone dead in just about everybody or everybody's household that has a child. There was death all throughout the land. Mothers weeping and fathers moaning their sons or their, the, the, the elder children were dead. The elder child was dead. Can you imagine that? How much weeping? I mean, and they had the, the Slaves had this same the their their area where they would where they would reside, and then of course the Egyptians had their area and the moaning and the wailing. My child is dead. My child is dead. Instantly, the child may have been fine there in the in the afternoon or or in the evening after dinner, but sometime during the night the child died. Terrible, awful scene, tragic, and it happened. In every household that had a child. Are you hearing? So there was weeping. There was moaning throughout the land of Egypt. But not in God's. And not, not in the house of God's people. 
Because the Lord said, when I see the symbol or the sign of blood, I will not suffer. I will not allow the destroyer to enter into your home when I see the blood. So there was wailing on the outside, but there was rejoicing on the inside. As the Israelite children woke up the next morning, no problem, because they were covered by the blood of Jesus. Are you hindering? Are you hearing what's being said now? All right. So the disciples knew again about the, the celebration of Passover. They understood it. They understood that it protected them, that it protected their families, that it protected their children, that it protected their firstborn from destruction. And so they understood this going into the Passover meal. And so they asked him in Matthew 12, where, rather Matthew 26, where would you like for us to prepare for you for us to eat the Passover? This is a celebration. The Lord said, well, go to the, such and such a place. The man is there. He'll help you. All right. And bang. Here we're here. We're here right now uh, during the Lord's Supper. And we are observing Uh, The Passover, because here again, Exodus 12, the Lord said, God said, I want you to do this forever. Let this feast go on forever because I'm going to make a shift. And God wanted the people to know uh, what would happen in hundreds or if not thousands of years later as Jesus and the disciples are eating. Are you hearing? And so here we are and we understand here again now that the blood of of that lamb in Exodus 12 was a foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ would do for the church. Say, thank God for the blood. blood. Now, I want you to notice something here in the book of Luke. Go to Luke, um, the 22nd chapter, Luke 22. I'll wait wait on you just a moment. Luke 22. Now, we understood that in Exodus, the 12th chapter, verse 24, God said, keep this for a, an ordinance. Or keep this for a memorial, you can say, forever. Keep this feast. What you're doing this night, roasting uh, the lamb, uh, partaking of the lamb, and uh, observing with the blood, do this forever as, as a memorial. I want you to do this as an ordinance. And so we see here in Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 19, Luke 22, verse 19, the Lord says to his disciples, Do this in remembrance of me. Wow. So in other words, the Lord takes the ordinance from the old and he continues it on. But now he's not saying uh, take the go out back and get a lamb from the flock there. Now he's saying, I am the lamb. And I want you to continue this celebration of Passover, but I am the lamb now. Are you hearing? I am the lamb. And as we partake of his flesh and partake of his blood, the uh, destruction or evil will pass over us. So the blessing of Passover continues, but we've made a substitution. It's not the lamb from the fields, but it's the lamb from heaven, the lamb of God that we are partaking in now. And the lamb of the lamb in the field only was struck on his blood was applied to the outer of the outside of the house. But the lamb of God is applied to the inside of the house and it covers all of us. And but the Lamb of God, his blood for us today is not visual. There is no visual sign or symbol of, of the blood. If somebody arrived by your house, God's not telling you to 
go out with some red paint and paint on your house. He's not telling you that because the blood is also spiritual. I can speak the blood of Jesus. When I declare the blood of Jesus upon my family, the blood of Jesus upon my children, the blood of Jesus upon my house, what am I doing? It's like I'm doing like they did in Exodus 12. I'm taking the blood and I'm striking it upon the side posts of my house. I'm striking it upon the doorposts. I'm striking it. The blood is being applied everywhere. Hallelujah. I can apply the blood to my car as I'm riding down the road. I apply the blood of Jesus and I declare that no destruction will come upon me as I go down this road. Hallelujah. I can apply the blood of Jesus. Are you hearing? So again, the Lord replaces the, the lamb uh, of Exodus 12 with himself. Now, I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice uh, that all throughout the Old Testament, well, let's, let, let's look at one more thing. Let's go, um, let's go back. Uh, you, are you still in Luke 19, or rather Luke 22? Yeah. I want you to see this. Oh, let's go back to Matthew 26. I'm sorry. Let's go back to Matthew 26. Praise the Lord. And I want you to see this. There's something very peculiar here, and you may not know about it, but of course it is in the word of God. May not hear it preached all the time, but it is definitely there, and it is definitely so. Now, Matthew 26 Verse 26 says again, and ye, or rather, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Now, in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, uh, Paul adds here, this is my body, which is broken for you. Okay. Now, let me give you a side note here before we, as we continue in just a moment talking about the blood. The Lord's body was broken for us. The Lord took our sin upon himself when he hung upon the cross. That our sin, my sin, your sin was transferred into the body of Jesus. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God that was taken in his body. He carried the Bible says in the book of Isaiah. He carried our sins and our sicknesses upon himself in his body. Hallelujah. And that body, of course, went down to lower parts of earth. Remember, Lord Jesus said, uh, there'll be no sign given to this generation except the sign of Jonah. Right. Three days, three nights in the belly of the well. But Jesus wasn't in the belly of the well. He was in the belly of the earth, burning up the sins. Uh, he was in hell and hell. The hell fire or the lake of fire was burning off of the burning uh, those sins up in his body. That's why there is no record of your sins any longer because those records were destroyed in the body of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing? I know you're going to, you're really going to get that. You're really going to get that because he took not only your, your past sins, not only your present sins, but also your future sins. And, and that was put into his body. God charged him for that. And he, and he went into lower parts of earth again and all those sins burned up. There's no record. That's why the Bible declares in the New Testament that their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Amen. It's not a stretch. He said, I will remember no more. Now we're going to look at that. We're really going to get into that. But we'll see here in the Old Testament how God tells the people, do not drink blood. Hmm. 
But the disciples in the communion, the Lord Jesus said, what? Drink my blood. Let me go over some scriptures with you. So here again, throughout the Old Testament, the people of God were commanded not to drink blood. Let me give you some scriptures. Genesis, you can make note of this. Genesis 9 verse 4. Uh, all of these will be out of the uh, ESV. Uh, I love this, the English uh, Standard Version. This, it reads very well here. English, uh, rather, Genesis 9 verse 4 says, But you shall not eat flesh with, the, with its life. That, uh, that is its blood. Don't eat it. Drain the blood first, and then you can partake of it. Deuteronomy 12, 23 says, Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you shall not eat the life with the flesh. Leviticus seventeen ten says, If anyone of the house of Israel or of the stranger sojourney among them eat any blood, I will set my face against that person uh, who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people. God said, if you eat blood, if you eat it, I'm going to excommunicate you. You will no longer be mine. That's pretty serious. Leviticus 17, 14 says, for the life of every creature is its blood. Its blood is its life. Therefore, I have set, I have said to the people of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any creature for the life of every creature is, uh, is its blood. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Don't eat the blood. Acts the 15th chapter verse 29 says, uh, that you ab abstain from what has been offered, or rather what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell, he says there. So, in the Old Testament, God plainly tells the people, do not eat the blood. You do not see it anywhere in here in the Old Testament. So what in the world is Jesus saying here? Why is he now commanding us to drink his blood? I'm glad, so glad that you're asking these questions. This is so wonderful. Understand something. Again, the, the blood is the life of the body. Now, we talked about blood last week, right? We talked about the blood, how in the blood there was, there's plasma or blood is that fluid substance that flows throughout the body. There are red blood cells, and we understand the red blood cells carries the oxygen. It, it provides things for the body. There are white blood cells, which provides defense for the body. Amen? Uh, and there are platelets which provide healing for the body. So we said that through the blood of Jesus, we can believe God for provision. We can believe God for a defense from the destroyer, viruses or whatever, whatever comes into our body. We can believe God for the defense of our body. And we can also believe God for healing, which is applied through the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? Amen. And so we understand here again again that the blood is the life of the body leviticus 17 14 read that a moment ago the blood is life and the blood is also a container say with me the blood is also a container, the blood is also a container. listen the the blood is the container uh is a container it carries listen i pray you hear me it carries the character nature or the quality of the host 
the character, nature, or the qualities of the host. It often also carries disease. It causes, it, it carries plagues or viruses. Now these plagues, viruses, uh, diseases are living organisms inside of the blood. You know, there are some diseases that you cannot get, that you cannot get unless it circulates through the blood or some type of fluid coming out of your body into someone else's, like AIDS. Are you hearing me? There are diseases that are carried through the blood. AIDS is, that's a living organism. You understand that? That's a living organism that is housed in the blood. So God tells them, uh, don't eat the blood. One of the reasons is why, because there are some animals out there that got some rabies, that got some diseases. And if you see that dog going, and you go drinking the blood and you're going to be going, if the dog is foaming at the mouth and you drinking his blood, you're going to be foaming at the mouth. You understand? Because the blood carries, the blood is a container. Are you hearing me? Now you'll see some cults and, uh, uh, and, and, and pagan, paganistic worship, and you see this throughout the ages, where they would have these special ceremonies, these demonic ceremonies, where they would take the blood of an animal, and they would do some sort of spell, incantation, or something over that, and then they would pass the blood around to every person in some type of chalice or large cup for them to drink, because the blood also houses a spirit. And so a demonic spirit, a demonic presence would be in the blood. And as they partook of the blood going around in that golden chalice or whatever they had, they were all, they were all um, taking in that spirit. Are you hearing? And some even uh, some other cultures would drink the blood of animals and in, in like uh, the blood of a, a lion and saying, well, you drink this blood. Well, you, then you will be as bold as a lion roar and all these other things. They would, they would try to eat the blood of the animal because they wanted its characteristics. Are you hearing? They wanted its nature. They wanted some of its qualities. But what you're going to get is a demon. Are you hearing me? So the father knew all the stuff that was in the land. He knew about the disease that was running rampant and all this stuff. And he knew about the uh, demonic worship, the worship of idols that was taking place, that had taken place among his people there in the land of Egypt. He knew the God of the, he knew the, uh, the gods that the Egyptians worshiped. And understand the people of God had been in bondage for over 400 years. Over 400 years, they had served the gods of the Egyptians and their children had served the gods of the Egyptians for 400 years. How many other, how many other generations that might be? The people had grown up of the children had seen their mom and daddy worship these idols and their, their mom and dad had seen their mom and daddy and their mother had seen their mother and daddy. It was ingrained in them. Idol worship was ingrained in them for 400 years. That's why when God tells them, it brings forth the Ten Commandments, he says, you will not serve any other gods but me. Amen. And Joshua picks it up and said, ask me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And all because the people of God was still entangled with idols. Elijah had to confront the people there on Mount Carmel and tell them, if God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. There was still a tendency to worship the idols. And a lot of this idol worship was with blood. Are you hearing? Because even the paganistic societies understand there's something about blood. 
So here again, in the Old Testament, God told them, do not eat blood. He knows that there's something in that blood. Now, we got that kind of sense today. You're not going to just find some stray dog. Hmm, he looks tasty. Hmm. And just go drinking his blood. My God, do you know what's in that? I don't know what's in that. I'm not going to do that. Are you hearing? So God said, Lord said, hey, I got sense, but y'all, I don't know about y'all. Do not eat blood, okay? Because he knows that in the blood contained the life, uh, the character, the, the nature, the qualities of the host, whatever, wherever the, the, the blood comes from. Are you hearing? So he said, don't do that. And so we see here in the New Testament. Oh, but let me bring up one, one other point. Doctors also know that blood is important because the, the doctor will even ask you as you go in about your medical history. You have, you have any history of diabetes in your family? You have any history of hypertension in your family? They'll ask you medical, medical history. Now, why is that? How, how is what your granddaddy did? How, what is the connection between you and your granddaddy or you and your grandmama or you and so and so? What's the connection? Blood. They understand that there are some weaknesses, uh, uh, both natural and spiritual, that all, there are only inherent in the blood. It's in the blood. And so God said, again, don't y'all drink the blood. But here again, in the New Testament, Jesus says, drink my blood. Wow. What is he saying to us? He's saying that if you partake of my blood, you'll receive my life, my character, my nature, my qualities. Hallelujah. And just like the blood of every living thing carries a spirit, his blood also carries a spirit. We call it the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. If you partake of my blood, you'll be walking like Jesus, talking like Jesus. Hallelujah. You'll overcome the enemy just like Jesus. Hallelujah. When I partake of the blood of the lamb, I'll begin to look like him and walk like him and act like him. Hallelujah. And that is appealing to me because that is exactly what I want to do. I want to walk like him, live like him, talk like him. Hallelujah. Be like him. That is my goal in life. Hallelujah. So when I discern the power in the blood of Jesus, you understand that when you partake of this blood, you become like him. And Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also because I go unto my father. He knew that his disciples would be partaking of his blood. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that? That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. So here again, the life of the Lord, the character of the Lord, the nature of the Lord, the qualities of the Lord are being transferred into me, into you as you partake of the communion. Not just on me, like the lamb of Exodus 12, but they are in me. When I drink it, here you go, when I drink it, it begins to affect, if I discern the body and blood of the Lord, it begins to affect my DNA and gives me the power to become like him. Let's go to John, John 1.12. Let me read it for you. You make a special note of it. John 1.12 says this, but as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Today we're going to receive him. 
We receive Jesus by faith, and we also receive his body and his blood. We, you have to receive it. And when you receive him, his body and his blood, he will give you power to become sons of God. That's power any day of the week. I don't have to be fearful of an enemy. I don't have to be fearful of any of the disease. I don't have to be fearful of an arrow that flies by day or something that happens by night because I am covered and secured by the blood of Jesus. His blood runs through my veins. I have God's DNA on the inside of me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to shake or quake at the sight of an enemy. He better shake or quake at my sight because when I step up carrying the life force of God in me, the situation situation will change I wonder if you're hearing in this place today I'm talking about as we discern the body and the blood of Jesus as we receive that transfusion of blood his blood also if you look in Luke 22 verse 20 as we begin to close now too short for some too long for others but praise the Lord anyway As we look in Luke 22, verse 20, we now, we already know now that the blood carries life, character, nature, qualities. In a bad sense, it could also carry some type of disease, but it also carries spirit. Jesus says, drink it. Drink my blood. Hallelujah. It is drink indeed. Drink it. But in Luke twenty two twenty, we also see in the blood of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus is the new covenant in my blood. He said in Luke 22 and 20, likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this is the new testament in my blood, which is shed for many, which is shed uh, for you, which will give remission of sins or forgiveness of sins. When you partake of the blood of Jesus, when you discern this as the blood of Jesus, you are drinking liquid forgiveness. Liquid forgiveness because there is remission or forgiveness of sins in this blood. But also there is the New Testament in this blood. What is the New Testament? Actually, the book of Acts through Revelations is the New Testament. I thought New Testament began with the Matthew pastor. Well, listen, the testament only is enforced uh, when blood is shed, when there's the death of the testator. And Jesus had not died in the Gospels. He was alive and well. So after his death, then came the book of Acts. And so actually Acts begins the New Testament. Are you hearing me? It was the father doing his work in the Old Testament. Jesus steps up in the Gospels in the fullness of time, carries the substance of God and pours the substance of God out. And then in the book of Acts to Revelation, the Holy Spirit takes that blood and he begins to minister it throughout the entire church. Hallelujah. This is a bloody gospel. You hearing me? And so we see here that the New Testament is housed in the blood of Jesus. Now, we're going to talk just just in a wink of an eye, really, about that testimony this week, about the testament this week. But let me give you four things that you should discern when drinking the blood of Jesus, when partaking of the body and blood of the Lord. One, we said of the body, you can expect, you should expect healing when you partake of the body of the Lord. You should expect healing, physical healing, mental healing, psychological healing, whatever type of healing you need. You should expect healing when you partake of the Lord's body. Hallelujah. 
Now, when you partake of the Lord's blood, uh, well, really five things you can discern when you partake of the Lord's blood or five things that uh, you should expect to occur in your own life. One, you should expect the Lord's protection. You should expect his protection that the destroyer will pass over you. And I'm not sure what destroyer or what type of form the destroyer is coming in. If the destroyer is coming in the form of high interest rates, you better ask God, Lord, or declare the blood is covering me from those high interest rates. Hallelujah. Whatever form the destroyer is coming in, if it's sickness, if it's disease, calamity, if it's trouble, whatever it is, just declare I'm now covered by the blood of Jesus. And that destroyer must pass over whatever is coming against my family must pass over now because of the blood of Jesus two you can expect to be changed changed his character the nature the qualities of God are now on the inside of me I can expect to be changed three I can expect to be empowered to become empowered to become his blood makes me more than what I am God help me if only if if, if in this life I, I was only meant to be just like I am and I can never go forward never go higher never become more then God just have to take me out now I've got to see more I've got to see growth I've got to see increase I must be changed into his image changed after his likeness I must become like him are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's the cry of my heart as Paul declared that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know Christ and to be like him is the highest honor. Are you hearing? So too, you can expect to become empowered as you're partaking of say, just say within yourself, I am being empowered to become like him. Three, or rather four, you can expect also for the spirit of Christ to dwell on the inside of you. You're expecting the spirit of Christ to dwell on the inside of you because here again, the blood carries a spirit. Praise the Lord. I can expect the spirit of Christ to dwell on, dwell on the inside of me. Let me give you a, a brief note about that. Now understand that in the very beginning, God created Adam. Hallelujah. And he gave him flesh and he also gave him blood. He was flesh and blood, but flesh and blood was not animated until God breathed into Adam and he became a living spirit. He became a living soul. He was alive and well. What's happening here in the communion? The Lord Jesus said, I'm also giving you a new body. I'm giving you a new blood. And as you, as we partake of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and what happens there in the book of Acts, uh, Acts, the first chapter there, he breathes into the church, the breath of life, the Holy Spirit. And then the church begins to get up and to rise. And now we have new life through Christ Jesus I am born a second time hallelujah having new flesh having new blood the life of God now courses through my veins hallelujah so I can expect the indwelling spirit the Holy Spirit to indwell me for rather five the last thing here you can expect the whole of the new covenant of grace to be transferred into you he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. Now, what does that say? Um, uh, this is our last one here. Um, Hebrews 8, Hebrews 8, verses 10 through 12. This talks of the new covenant. What can you expect to receive? He says, for this is the, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be 
to me a people as I partake of this new covenant. He is my God. I am his people. Isn't that wonderful? Verse 11. And they shall not teach every, every man his neighbor and ev- rather, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. You can expect intimacy with him. All shall know him as you discern the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 12, he says, for I will be merciful uh, to their unrighteousness. You can expect mercy as you partake of the body and blood of the Lord. He said, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Lord has dealt with sins and iniquities as well as we partake in the blood of the Lord. This is the new covenant. This is the new testament that he has given unto us. This is power divine that he has given unto us. Power to effect a change. Power to effect a change is now present in the life and body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the power of the new covenant that is resident or that has been ratified in the blood of Jesus. We give you praise today, Lord. We give you praise. We give you all the adoration and all the exhortation. We thank you, Lord, for the power and the promise that's resident in your blood. In Jesus' name, give Lord a hand of praise. We're done. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.